0: I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much, and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month.
1: your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your
0: sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I can't wait to dive into today's show. I'm so excited. I heard this woman speak on stage and I was like, she's got to be on my podcast because I have the very amazing Rebecca Scott on with me today. And Rebecca, I just want to say hello and welcome to the Double Your Sales Now show before we dive in. Thank you. I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. This is going to be such a great conversation. You have such an incredible story to tell. And so for our listeners all around the world, get ready, get your pen and paper out. I know you're going to want to take some notes. I'm going to introduce Rebecca in a moment, but first we have an amazing sponsor. Once again, I'm just so grateful for all the sponsors we've had. We have Nancy Meyer back as a sponsor. And she says to me, she says, Ursula... Do you and your listeners need new skills and strategies to grow your business or modernize your business? Absolutely. Are you stuffing out creativity and opportunities for innovation because of how you are leading? Is your business running you? Have you grown tired of your business? Is there a disconnect between you and those you employ? Are you recovering from a major setback and need a new skill set to recover and rise from the experience with greater clarity, resilience, and a new perspective? Yes, we need all of that, Nancy. (laughs) Nancy Meyer is offering us the opportunity to connect with her so regularly, and I just interviewed her on the show regularly, but you can have a mentoring session that's normally $150 for just $50. And she has been mentoring entrepreneurial leaders in building seven figure businesses since 1992. She's amazing. And you can also listen to her podcast, We Mentor Mondays with Nancy. All of it is on her website, wementor.com. You can find Nancy there, find her email address, reach out to her to get this special offer. And thank you, Nancy, for being a sponsor. With that, let me tell you about Rebecca Scott. Rebecca spark for textile style, began at the age of four with her mom's fabric scraps and her very own little sewing machine. During college and early married days, she sewed several purses for gifts, and in 2003, a business was born. Rebecca Scott Designs has grown into a federally trademarked and direct sales brand, which includes business coaching, a weekly podcast called The Encourager, and a book for mompreneurs. From her farmhouse studio, and I've seen a video of her studio, it looks so cool, Rebecca remains rooted in her loves, both her purses and her family including her husband and four, yes, count them, four growing kids. Rebecca employs a team of creative moms and women who desire to stay at home while she remains at the helm designing and sewing new bags and accessories with her little ones discovering a nearby, totting a tot on one hip and a rocking a person. The other Rebecca Scott is ready for life's next project. I have to tell you, Rebecca, when I was listening to you, yes, I felt like uh, while you were on stage, I felt like, man, if this woman can do this with four kids, I have one who feels like 20, I can do anything. And so you're such an inspiration. I know our listeners are going to love you, and I just I want you to start by sharing your story. I mean, when I watched that video of you and that you showed before you spoke, it was just so cool to see your story. And you know, you look like a model. You take such great care of yourself. You've built self care schedule, and here you are running this company. So tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about your story and what you're up to.
1: Yes, so I live in rural South Dakota in Valley Springs. We are on a fifth generation farm. It's my husband's farm. I grew up West River, South Dakota, on a big ranch, and so I knew that I would probably marry somebody ranch or farmer like and so that was always my dream of doing that but i also wanted to be able to stay at home once we started having children and i didn't want to and i don't mean this in an offense at all but i didn't want to just stay at home because i know my energy level and what i want to accomplish would not just i would probably bake my kids because i would just want to do so much so i knew i wanted to create as well and i love design but i was always told so early on that you can't be a designer in the midwest which was, you know, right there, a limiting belief. And so I thought, okay, well, I guess I can't do that. So I did go to college for radio and TV broadcasting and finished that, and did that for about six years, but I was still designing on the side and I was doing purses because I love purses and it was a quick project that I could see done in two to three hours and get excited about it and give it away or keep it. And I think it's the easiest update to an outfit. You can have a gray V-neck t-shirt on, but if you got a rock and bag, there's something that it says about you and there's the amount of confidence when you put that bag on and you throw your shoulders back there's just something about a purse so i started sewing um, purses on the side working in radio till like five and then come home and I'd sew until 2 a.m. because I started to get some steam and people started to buy them and tell their friends and family and that sort of thing. So I thought, well, I'll just keep this up and then maybe I could finally replace the radio job. And so that's what I got to do. It got so busy and we got debt free with the Dave Ramsey program. My husband said, go ahead, launch your business. And I did that night. I stayed up till 2 a.m. sewing because I could. I didn't have to be up super early. And to say the rest is history is not fair, of course, because I'm sure your listeners are entrepreneurs as well. It's like, when do we get to the history part? We're never there. Like We're still living it out. So that's how I started, but I did get creative. The video that you are referencing is I had a two to three minute video made that told my story because a lot of people think my story is interesting that, you know, I literally cut my curtain because I didn't have cash flow. So I cut my curtains and sold those into purses and then started, you know, snowballing it like that. So I knew that I had a unique story and I have a very clear, very different business model. I do not desire to have a retail store. I want to stay home with my children. And so, so every decision I make decides if I get to, if that is something that I get to stay home. Now I do travel for shows, but I don't want to be stuck in a building from eight to five selling purses. That was never the idea. So that being said, every, all the decisions just went from there. But so that's, you know, the video was made so that I would be in charge of how they stole told my story. I had a lot of news people come out and tell the story and they did an excellent job and they are not mean-spirited by it all. But I kept thinking, you're not getting the depth of what I want to communicate. And this videographer just nailed it. He told why it's important to me to stay on this farm, why it's important for me to raise my children and not put them in daycare that wasn't right for me and how I structure my days that it's not just like wake up and sew in your PJs till, you know, 11 a.m. I like get up super early and I exercise and I take care of myself. And so that video is called my why and it's available on my website, at shoprc.com. And I highly recommend it. Even if it wasn't me as a subject, this videographer has a real innate way of telling people's story. So I highly encourage you to seek him out as well.
0: Yeah, it was so beautiful, his work, but just the way he told your story. And I love the fact that as we're recording this podcast, this show, there's farm equipment going past your window. I mean, I think (laughs) that says it all. I mean, I'm a farm girl. I get it. I'm not on a farm right now. My view is of a lake, but that, you know, a little bit different choice, but still wanting that certain lifestyle and wanting to, you know, be with your kids and to have that balance isn't the right word because I hate that word. We're going to talk about that, but we'll get to that. So- Before we get into the rest of this, though, I really want to dive into this world of sales and selling. Obviously, we know you have a passion for what you do. The purses speak for themselves. So in the beginning, Rebecca, did you have any limiting beliefs about sales, selling,
1: business, getting started? Yes, 100%. I thought that all I needed to make was $700 a week because that would replace my radio income. That's all I needed to do. So when I reached that, I quit working. (laughs) I didn't understand enough about the business that, well, that would only pay for the fabric, but that does not pay for business cards and that does not pay for the booth fee and that does not pay for sales tax. So my limiting beliefs were super limited because I didn't know that much about business. I just knew how to make something and sell it. So that was probably like early on my first business mistakes.
0: Yeah. Well, we don't know what we don't know. And if we did know what we were getting into, I don't know if most of us would still do it. right? <laughs> like, if you had any idea of what it was going to take and what you're going to have to learn and how you're going to have to grow. And yet that's the blessing in having a business that most people that we don't really talk about, right? We like the how much we have to grow to keep growing the business.
1: And then the other thing was that selling is slimy. You know, I just thought they just need to like it. And it needs to be a friend and then her sister and then her mom. And I know I could convince those, but anything outside of that would be slimy and like salesy. And that is not true at all.
0: So we're going to dive to that. So there was... I want to know about a moment in your business where you doubled your sales for the first time, or you just had the most incredible month, or there was money left over at the end of the month, right? Do you remember a month or a moment like that? And what did you believe about sales and selling after that moment or after you started to get momentum?
1: So... It was a series of different events, but especially when I learned that I need to ask my customers what they want and not my team. So I had some sales reps and a marketing gal and like an office manager. And so I asked them like, "Okay, we need more sales. How are we going to do it? And my sales reps lovingly said, if we had a catalog, I think that would help with sales because we could put it in the dentist you know chair there and we could take it to work and we could say hey you know sign up here they have those parties right and i'm a direct sales company federally trademarked direct sales company so i thought all right catalog it is because that's what the sales rep said i had six of them i thought these guys got to be right something glossy and pretty will look great well what i didn't realize was that my price points are 140 to $300 and catalog sales are usually 40 to 60. So to leave something out but not be able to touch the customer and tell them how awesome the purse is and how big it is and for them to be able to touch and feel it just was not going to sell. So $10,000 $10,000 later, I realized, okay, that one bombed. And what I should have done is that it was just a reverse of the question. I could still ask, how do we increase our business? But I should have asked our customers what they wanted, not my sales reps. So my sales reps were mean-spirited. They meant well, but what I needed to do was ask your customers what they want, not your team. And
0: once you started asking your customers, like, what was your breakthrough about sales and selling then? Like, what did you know about the sales process or how did it feel different?
1: It felt different because they're the ones that are bringing the money in. No matter how cool my marketing is, no matter how many different shows I do, the ones that pay the bills, the ones that will continue making the business thrive is the customers. So ask them. And when I did, they set a website. They said, we really want your website to be better. We'd like to be able to order from it. We'd like to be able to design from it. And I was like, aha. So poured all my money in the website and paid it off within six months. It was just a huge investment, but they loved it so much and interacted with it so much it paid for itself. So that obviously worked. I love it. Yeah, it was just a huge breakthrough for me and my brain is like, so now anytime I go to do something, I go, nope, let's do a survey. Let's ask the customers, is this something that they want? Because everybody's got great ideas, you know, like you should do pass clips, you should do whatever it might be. And I think, uh, maybe, but I need to see if there's enough people that want it besides just one person.
0: Right, yeah, are my clients going to, I was just talking to a client about that the other day and I said, maybe just ask your customers. And she was like, yes. and it's And she's been in business for a long time, but we forget and it's such a great reminder that they'll tell us and they certainly know. So Rebecca, looking at the trajectory of your career and building this business, when you look back, what's the number one limiting belief you changed about yourself or just personal experiences? Or what did you have to bust through or break through to be able to do what you're doing today?
1: I was the only one that could sell it the right way. So I needed to remind myself that it wasn't a one woman show. I had like this incredible team and I would still not let go of things because I was like, you guys really, I mean, are you really going to love it as much as I do? Like, really? There's no way you can love this as much as I do. So I'll just take care of things. And I was holding back my, what I like to call like inner genius and genius is too strong of a term, but I really am good at creating limited collections and designing. And I still thought that I had to be doing the sewing in order to be in the trenches with my team and in control. And so when I started letting go of the sewing and I was more able to design, that also blew through a lot of limiting beliefs that they could handle the sewing and do just as good, in fact, better than I could undo the fact that I had to be involved in the trenches in order to advance the business. As long as I could be designing and picking out the zippers and picking out the fabric and picking out collections, sales seriously (laughs) increased. Such a great reminder.
0: Like for all of our listeners, I mean, I'm taking notes as well. Like we all need to think about that one thing, right? The big time suck. Like, what is it that thing that we refuse to give up? We all have one different, you know, level, you have another one. That if you gave it up on the other side of that, your sales could explode. So what a great example. Thank you for that.
1: In particular, it really was the cutting. The cutting took me two days. And when I figured out, like I just had to sit down and be like, if I increase, what would I let go of? my thought was if I let go of the cutting that would be two whole days well what would I do with two whole days and my instant thought was oh my gosh I would get that Rachel Erica crossover done I could just list them out and I'm like okay that's it so that if you can narrow down working in the business if you let go of some of the in the business what part of on the business would you do
0: mm, so good I feel people taking notes that's going to be one that they're writing down and really thinking about that because for you I mean look at the breakthrough that mean for you it did you say it doubled your business I mean where did it take you
1: yeah, it did. 100%. It doubled my business. When I gave up those two days, I gained two days in concepts and ideas and new designs. And really the secret was, how can I work on the business, not in the business? I had to keep saying that. If I do that job, that little chore, because I'm a maker at heart, I could make until I'm blue in the face. But if I make that, what does that mean later? Because I'll still be involved in it and it'll be mine. But if I let that go and hire that, what could I work on the business with?
0: Yes, so brilliant. So tying to that, I mean, and we probably touched on some of these already. But what are the top two sales strategies that you and your team have used to continue to grow the business year after year?
1: I created a design your own website. So that was my first strategy where the customer, and honestly, I'm the only one in the United States that has it this detailed for bags. And I'm super proud of that because I'm here in Valley Springs, South Dakota. So I'm like, we got an excellent website where it's an illustration of the purse and then 60 swatches. You click on a swatch, it appears on the purse. You click on the leather, it appears on the purse. You click on the inside fabric. It shows you what that will look like. You can add features to it. We are so custom. So our first sales strategy that really helped to double sales was creating this really design-friendly website that people enjoyed using and made sense. It was very user-friendly. And we push it all the time. Like we go to shows and we have products that they can buy straight out and thankfully they do. But if there's one slight difference where they're like, you know, I'm not a big fan of yellow and it's on the inside of the purse, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's design your own. And then I geek out with them over like, okay, let's look around. Do you like pink? Do you like blue? And I push that and then I walk them through my website so that they have that experience. So pushing people to go to the website and design your own was a big, because it differentiates us from just going into a store and buying it off the shelf. And then my second strategy was I hired help in the sewing. Like I was talking about, I hired somebody to cut out the bags and I hired somebody to do fit and finish, which was also projects process that I had a hard time letting go of. And I still, you can hear in my voice and I'm like, oh, I love that process. But I seriously narrowed it down so that I only have 20 that I do a week so that I can still be in quality control. But maybe after this podcast, it'll be the time to let it go because I just preached on how to let it go. But so letting go of that helped me to do a new concept, which was launching limited collections. So I have one coming this Sunday. I'm not sure when this will debut, but it's really cool. So I feel like I can talk about it here. It's called the Moxie Collection. And what I do is release one fabric with one type of leather and one inside. So it's just a set style and we leave it for one week. It's available for one week only. It does cost 20% more to get this collection because it is limited. We sew a special tag into it. I go crazy bonkers with photo shoots for it and everything. And then people walk around with this collection. They're like, you got a moxie because it was limited. Or they'll say, I had a tomboy collection. That one was really fun. They're like, oh, you have a tomboy. So it like creates these little clubs And that was a really good strategy when I let go of some things to come up with these limited collections. And so there's something new every single week, a new collection? No, no, no. I just do like kind of inspiration comes, but we average about three to four launches a year is all. Okay. And we never tell when they're coming. You just don't know.
0: Okay. So at the end, you'll tell us how we can be part of that if we want to be part of it in the future, right? To be part of the club, the inside. Well, you know, one of the, I mean, out of all the strategies and things you've shared already, it's clear that one of your priorities is connecting with your customers, finding out what they want, but really customizing their experience on every level from how they experience the website to how they design the purses to getting the exact purse that they want. And so it's such a great reminder of really connecting to our top for you. I think it's like your top 5%, like, you know, your customers. So well. So Rebecca, I want to dig it. Like, I want to give you time to talk about your expertise. I mean, I know we know you're an expert in design. You're an expert in business development, in business growth, business strategy, also time management or whatever that buzzword is that you want to call it. I want to give you time to talk about two to three strategies that you think would really benefit our listeners. Sure. Sure.
1: Well, thank you for saying an expert in so many fields, not, but I certainly try hard and expert means that you have 10,000 hours of experience and that I do. So if that's what qualifies me. Absolutely. I would say another, like mass production is something that's just in my blood, even since I was little. So I don't look at anything without thinking, how can I 10X that? So I make one casserole? No, no, no. I'm going to make three. Like if I'm here, I'm going to make three and freeze some. And so that served me well in my area of being a maker because I knew how to like narrow things down to mass produce them. That's what I call my super skill that I talk about in my book is like my mass production is my super skill. And then like you mentioned, Ursula, my work and family integration. Like you said earlier, balance is such an ugly word, but I heard a new word that I was like, ooh I'm going to start using that. It's harmony or integration. So it's work-life integration or how do you harmonize all of your roles? I'm like, oh, that's much better than some scale that can dive bomb on one end. I just thought it was beautiful. I'm like, yeah, sometimes it's a harmony. So my thing that I would offer to your listeners is that one of my tricks that works so well and the simplest thing is I time everything. So When you get overwhelmed, especially as entrepreneurs and there's all these different fields that you could work on, but you're like, oh, I only have 10 to 15 minutes. Like you walk in the door and you just went grocery shopping and you're like, oh, I have 10 to 15 minutes before I got to jump on that call or before I got to leave again for the next thing. And you're like, what am I going to do in 10 to 15 minutes? What do we all do? We scroll our stinking phones. Right? We like blow. Well, in my life with four kiddos, there is no time to blow a single moment on anything outside of my roles. And so what I've done is timed everything. So I know if I got 10 to 15 minutes, I'm like, oh, it usually takes me 10 minutes to clean out all the junk mail from my email. Or in 10 minutes, I can iron the rest of that interfacing on the Cassidy's, that's a style, on my countertop. Or I can write the outline for the podcast I'm recording. All those things. So time everything you're doing. I also use it in my personal life. So I time how long it takes me to make cookies. So that way, when I'm like, ugh. It really is time I did some baked cookies. I don't get overwhelmed. I'm like, oh, it's 13 minutes and I have those things mixed up. Like firing away. So it took me about a week and I just time things. And you can be as serious as using your actual cell phone, or you can just be like, you know, just notice the clock. I time how long it takes me to put groceries away because I don't like doing it. So if I'm like, it's only four minutes, get over yourself, then I'm more likely to do it. Same with the dishwasher. So and all my work tasks are timed. So I can tell my team, well, we should have a meeting. I'm like, okay, but the last time we had that meeting it was an hour and a half and I do not have an hour and a half to commit to that so this meeting will last 45 minutes which means what so the team goes okay we better have an agenda and there got to be no guesswork because Becca said it's 45 minutes so I'm big 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 on timing and mostly honestly it's because of my children I don't want them to feel like I'm always putting them on the back burner so I time things out so that I can focus on that thing during that time and then get on with them okay we gotta unpack it. Yeah. So first of all <laughs>
0: Are most of your tasks 10 minutes? I heard that a lot.
1: Is that like a thing? No. Okay. You know, some of them do take like laundry takes a day. So, I go, okay, laundry is going to take a day. If I wasn't able to do it on Monday, then what's the other day that I can do it? But it's nice to just have time to know this, or an average staff means last an hour and a half. And no matter how hard I try, it is not any faster. So, then I just say, okay, I'm going to allow two hours for it so that my team doesn't feel like I'm rushing them through things and they can't get through to ideas. So, that was also a shift of like, don't push, don't lie about how long it takes you, don't try to do it faster just time it so that you can be truthful and allow the appropriate time for it. When
0: you were on stage at Market Smarter, that was the Worthington Chambers. Amazing event. I want to plug them. That was just an incredible day. One of the things I remember the story that you shared about, I think it was your son. It was a little one who wanted your time. And I think everyone like anyone who has children thought about that story. And essentially, Rebecca had just shared how one of her youngest children needed some attention. And in that moment, it was just hard to give attention. Any tips for parents out there? I mean, I think you've alluded to it, but I'd love to hear some of the strategies or tips that have worked well for you as a parent.
1: Yeah, it was Gus. He was 18 months old, as old as my business was. And I screamed at him when he asked for a snack, like lost it, which we've all had that moment. And I would like to paint it prettier than it was, but it was ugly. And so I got down and cried with him and thought, no more, I'm never returning to this moment again or I'm going to quit my business because if my priorities were him first, then I would have to quit. I did not want to quit my business. So I thought I'm going to create systems. There's got to be some systems here. So what I talk about frequently on my podcast is I created four systems when your parents and your spouses divide your life up into these four things, your food system, your work system, your me system, and your family system and then write down the things that go in those categories. So I work out how I'm gonna plan out my food for the week or the month or the day, whatever it is that works for you. Then I write down, well, what's my work system gonna be? Meaning, what are my hours? where am I going to work? What are deal breakers within my work? Then I wrote down my me system, how I'm going to take care of myself. I'm kind of weird about this. Like I get up at 515, I run, I lift weights. I do a big cardio thing because I need it for clarity during my day. So, Or maybe yours is taking a bath every Tuesday and Thursday, but write down how you're going to take care of yourself. And then write down a family system. What's your family system going to be? Do you need to have five to six meals at the dining room table a week? Are you more of a three to four family? Depends on your stage of life. But what I'm saying is write down things for each category, food, work, me, and family. That way you have some systems to work for and you can kind of tell when one system is breaking down. So if you're really stressed out with work, you're either not allowing enough time or it's taking priority over some other system that's broke. And the reason why you're stressed out with work is because you keep thinking about food and you can't provide for your family. So your food system is broke. Go back to your food, figure out how you can figure that out. Then you can focus on work when you have those work hours. So that would be my advice for parents is just divide your life up into four categories. Then when one of them is breaking, you can concentrate on that one. It's too overwhelming to be like, my whole life is a mess. You know, I'm so stressed out when really it might just be one system that is a mess that you haven't dug into enough.
0: It's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, because I know so many of us have, you know, we're trying to find that harmony. <laughs> and it's always a struggle, but it's good to hear how other people are doing it. Before we wrap up, I want to circle back. You talked about 10 times it. I think it's a good note to end on just kind of where that idea came from. And for people who are thinking, what does that mean? How could I 10 times my business right now or 10 times my sales
1: right now? What's your advice there? I just mean to think bigger because sometimes we have a limiting belief. Well, if I do one, that is good enough. And my thought is always like, but what would be the next step? Like if you can do it times, you could do it one time. How much time would it take it to do it 10 times or go to that extra mile? So really it's just a mindset shift, not a ton of like steps, but a mindset shift is, okay, I could send an email to one influencer or I could type up a template and send it to 10 influencers and increase my chances that they'll get back to me. So it's more of a mindset shift. If I do it times one, what happens if I did it times 10? What would my percentages or my likelihood of success be?
0: That's perfect. And I think that's a great place to be. And I mean, thinking about how do I 10 times everything, but you just pointed out for you, you turn everything into a system. Like your brain is just a system machine. So it's yes. like, <laughs> how do we put it into a tablet? But this is a great reminder for all of our listeners. Like that's how you grow. That's how you 10 times your business. Rebecca, I have had so much fun. We could talk all yes. day and I love our conversation yet. I want to make sure everyone knows how to get more from you. Tell us about your book, your podcast, your website, your purses. How can we get more from you?
1: Yes, yeah, so well, if you want to play around with a really cool design tool today, go to shop R as in Rebecca, S as in Scott, and D as in designs.com. So shoprsd.com. You'll find out all about me up there. There's a podcast link at the top. I have a podcast called The Encourager, and it's really, really practical tips, like some of the ones I just give on how I do my day to day because I keep getting asked the question, How do you do it? And so that's what I speak on. That's what I record the podcast on. And then they still wanted more because I was asking my customers, What do you want? They wanted a book. And so I wrote a book that's called Equip to Execute, Guiding Moms to Joyfully Impact Their Family and Business. You know, it's an illusion that they say we can't joyfully do everything. I think that is false. I believe that we can. And so I wrote a book on that. And then, so the Encourager podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The website shoprc.com and the book is available on Amazon and then also on my website.
0: Awesome. Last word, Rebecca. So some people might be having their best day in business, some might be having their worst. For those who are struggling right now and thinking, should I give up? What should I do? What's your best advice? What's your encouragement? 30 seconds.
1: Ooh, I would say go back to the first moment you started the business. What was that feeling you had then? And where did that drive go? And just write down one thing that would move the inch the ball just an inch closer. If it's just one email or just one phone call, what is it that could give you just a little bit more momentum? If you're absolutely crushed, you know that one email or one phone call or one Google search will get the ball rolling just that much slower in the right direction. Just take it down to just 1% one change. Awesome.
0: Rebecca, thank you for being here with us today. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you, Ursula. I want to thank our listeners all over the world. We love hearing from you. You can email me at Ursula at salescoachnow.com. We have gifts for you. If you haven't yet, you can go to salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. Yep, we make it that easy. Salescoachnow.com forward slash gift. And you can access my six secrets to doubling your sales. It's a simple PDF, but you know, if you're struggling in sales a little bit, just grab it, have some fun with it. It'll hopefully to help you make a breakthrough. Also, if you're planning an event, a conference, or you need some training for your sales team, you can reach us at contact at salescoachnow. My team would love to talk with you about having me come out to deliver some training. Thank you all, bless you, and make 2018 your most. epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.